everyone. Welcome back to the Smart Firefighting Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to sit down with the CEO of Squishy Robotics, Alice Aganino. Alice is a professor of mechanical engineering at Berkeley and created Squishy Robotics to be used as a rapidly deployable mobile sensing robot. This can be used for hazmat, CBRN. These can be used in drops from drones and offer a unique capability to have real-time situational awareness of various hazards in the field for first responders responding to a scene or after the fact. We hope you enjoy listening and take care. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Smart Firefighting Podcast. Really excited today. We have the CEO of Squishy Robotics, Alice Agonino. Alice, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm great, and thanks for asking. Wonderful. So tell us, what is the technology that you are bringing to this marketplace, and what is the problem that you set to solve? Well, our goal is to provide life-saving information for first responders in real time, and we do that by providing rapidly deployable mobile sensor robots. That is right to the point. So what, are, what do these robots look like, and how are they actually deployed? Our mobile sensor robots are made of tensegrity spheres, with the sensor payload in the center of the sphere. And they can be rapidly deployed by aerial vehicles, such as a drone. We've dropped them 400 feet from a drone at a Guardian Center Training Center, and we've dropped them 600 feet from a helicopter at L.A. County Fire Department's Training Center. They uh, can survive the landing through the tensegrity structure that they're built with and can continue to submit critical data to first responders even before they arrive, and they can continue to monitor and provide persistent information throughout a a disaster response. Love it. So how is it, once the robot's actually deployed and it's in the field, it's been dropped by a drone, let's say, how is that data going from the robot to the actual first responder that's either responding or prepared to respond to the scene? Well, the data gets responded in different methods depending on the location, and we have a number of communication pathways that we either deploy wireless right now, but also we're working with uh, cellular phone companies as well to provide that kind of information. Uh, We're very interested in having a robust product that can be used in remote locations as well as in inner city locations. Love it. So tell me a little bit more about the actual robot itself. It's something that it can be picked up and dropped by a drone, but the Give me a little context on sort of what does it look like and then sort of how is it able to withstand these drops and then still function? So the robot itself was a spinoff. By the way, I haven't mentioned it. I'm also a professor of mechanical engineering at University of California, Berkeley. And the squishy robotic design was a spinoff my work with NASA where I was building a probe that would circle and orbit a planet such as the moon land on the planet and survive the drop and be able to walk away. And we realized that there was a big need for early situation awareness on planet Earth. And so that's where we move the technology right now in our commercial company. But the structure of the robot is what's called a tensegrity. And the term tensegrity was coined by Buckminster Fuller, the famous architect that did the geodesic dome. And so the tensegrity sort of looks like a very squishy geodesic dome. It has six rods and 24 cables and becomes a tension network that can absorb forces. So as soon as it gets an impact on any side of the robot, it immediately distributes it and protects the payload in the center. That's fascinating. We have two platforms, too, 
So we've been talking about the stationary robot, which can be dropped at, at great heights. Uh, the Army is working with us as well, and we're planning an a, a even higher drop, possibly with a C-130 in Arizona, but could be dropped, we think, because it reaches terminal velocity up to thousands of feet. That's amazing. And so then the actual robot itself, with um, can it be equipped with different sensors or detection systems or like what once it's actually on the ground what can it look for and is it sort of modular and scalable based on whatever maybe you're looking for good question and these are all all questions we've been asking first responders that we've been talking to and we've talked about 200 so far uh the most important need that we're hearing is the early uh information life-saving information even before they uh, go on a call. And we, and the most important sensors they want is to have the equivalent of the standard firefighters for gas sensor. But we also are customizing our module to have a wide number of other sensors because these are microelectronic sensors and very small solid state sensors. Uh, the EPA and utilities and fire departments for fire applications are also interested in adding infrared and thermal sensors as well. We also have GPS sensors and visual sensors. There are six cameras in the Tensegrity robot so that we get 360 degree view of what's going on and we can remotely uh, look at the view so it's sort of like Google Maps when you can rotate um, aerial view. We also have GPS sensors for location and provide software for data analytics to identify the most likely hazards in real time. Our goal is if we can get enough of these Tensegrity robots out there in the field, we'll be able to use machine learning to improve our data analytics over time as we collect more data. And, and how would having, this may sound like a stupid question, but how would having more of these deployed with more data sets allow for, I know more data is better, but what would that mean for the first responder if we had more of these deployed, more data sets in machine learning, what would that allow for? Well, we see two avenues here. One is identification of the hazard. You may not have the exact sensor for the particular chemical there, but they have properties that are similar to other sensors. So that first is the, the hazard recognition in real time that could be improved. The second is the safety of the first responder. They wear badges for detecting certain sensors. So if we could do sensor fusion with those badges, badges over time, we'd be able to improve the safety of the first responders as well. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. So where is this being used today? Well, right now we are in the test phase. We're working with some of the lead fire departments and first responders in the country. We're working with the L.A. County Fire Department. They have a very large training facility uh, just outside of Los Angeles, and we're scheduling training for next Tuesday, in fact. We're working with Menlo Park. They're very interesting because they're one of the leaders in using drones for uh, first responders. And they're, they're also very interesting because they have been a leader in the United States and that drones are driving what we're looking at right now. The number of drones purchased by fire departments has doubled every year for the last five years. We're working with the Houston Fire Department right now as well. They're the chemical, petrochemical center of the United States, and so they're a, a leader in chemical and hazmat hazards as well. Fantastic. That's exciting. So what, what's next? Uh, it's the middle of 2019 almost, and 
Um, I know you guys have a lot moving on, but what 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 should we expect next in the next six months, twelve months for Squishy Robotics? Well, right now we we will be launching our pre-sales on May 9th, so you can get a discount on our product, and we'll work with you in testing it and training um, our customers. I was talking about our stationary robot, but we have in the works in the lab the mobile robot, so that uh, like what we were doing with NASA for space exploration, when the robot drops, it will be able to walk with the first responders. And the idea here is uh, the first responders could remotely move the robot to go to a location that they're interested in, or it could be a co-robot with them walking in front of them to give them a preview of possible dangers in front of them that they might not be able to see in a, a situation where visibility is not good. We also have a roadmap for other technologies we'll be developing in the future, but we want to test these two out. But we are also working on the flying tensegrity and the floating tensegrity robot. That's fantastic. Well, I am, we're all very grateful, and I respect the work that you're doing to really push the needle here with innovation. And and uh, just to kind of wrap this out here, if people wanted to learn more and get in touch with you or Squishy Robotics, what would be the best way to do that? Well, we do have a website, squishy-robotics.com, and we have an information site there. We try to uh, provide information on the product. We have a number of videos of Squishy Robotics in action. We were recently uh, made a target of a major news article from TechCrunch, which has been picked up, for instance, by the New York Post. And so we try to provide as much information as possible, but info at squishyrobotics.com will get to us and will respond immediately. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I look forward to what's next for Squishy Robotics. Thank you, Kevin. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Smart Firefighting Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a comment, and follow us on social media at Smart Firefighting. We would love to know more about what you liked or did not like about this episode. Even more so, we want to know, what do you want to hear more about? Any feedback for future interviews or topics is highly welcomed and encouraged. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to next time. Thank you.